Pastorific pleasantries, spooky people. <laughs> well, I, you can tell I've been in quarantine too long because now all I think about is food. But today, pasta has another meaning and we will get to it. But until we do, this is another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I am your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is My Spooky, spooky Gay, gay Family. family. another episode of my spooky gay family sam baxter well thank you for having me pissy like i'm not here every time i know it's such a joy to finally have you here yes you've i been, know you've been missing entirely from been my chasing life chasing me for a while now <laughs> what's new in your life absolutely nothing what's new in yours <laughs> basically the same uh, it, it's uh, the days are starting to run together and i'm like trying to come up with new <clears throat> little bits of like work to do and and things to do but uh i find myself getting like very overwhelmed very easily so i'm making progress like inch by inch and not doing anything <laughs> i'm just watching house hunter revelations 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 uh, no, renovations. <laughs> it's not the Christian House Hunter show. Stucco Although, is the mark of the beast. <laughs> well, I'll agree with that. I fucking hate Stucco. I don't know why anyone... I was just watching an episode, I don't know if it was last night or the night before, where somebody was like, oh, I love... They're like, I really hate all of these dark wood cherry cabinets, but I love the Stucco. And I was like, why? why how did these people make it through the casting process? I don't understand. Who <laughs> I think are these they look people? for that. I think they actually ask them, like, do you have terrible taste? Great. <laughs> We're really looking for people who are awful. Could you could yeah. you fill that slot for us? Half of the um, reason people watch our show is to get pissed off. So if you're not going to say something like <laughs> egregious, then there's no need. Well, and what's funny is, like, I really enjoyed the first, like, 10 to 14 episodes that I watched. But now I'm like, okay, every single person gets white cabinets, darker, uh, uh, counters, counters. I don't know why I have okay. words today. I'm just not <laughs> coming to me. They get like what literally white. It's not light. It is white shaker cabinets, dark counters and medium to dark floors. And the, um, the trend I'm seeing is that the designers that they keep getting to do these people's kitchens with them are, they're, they're always like, I love the idea of doing white cabinets on top, but then the bottom cabinets, we can do like a fun color or gray. And I'm like, I hate this. This is terrible. <laughs> and all of you people should be ashamed of yourselves. <clears throat> And it's how you can tell that these episodes are like five or more years older because they've aged so far out of what is trendy now that you're like, oh, all of these kitchens are out of date and terrible now, <laughs> five years later. I mean, isn't that what happens whenever you remodel something, though? It's like it's good for like a year and then after that, like everyone's moved on to something else. Well, unless you're like me and you have good taste that is traditional and timeless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the timeless fair. decor never goes out of style. It always stays in. And I've, I've been like making David crazy because uh, last night I was watching it at like three in the morning and I had nothing better to do. So while I'm watching it, I'm looking up like what I would want to do in my kitchen in the future when I own a home. And this morning I was like, or this afternoon, I should say, is when I woke up. Uh, I, I was talking to David and I was like, uh, I was like, I have an entire portfolio of pictures of what our kitchen's going to look like. He's like, we don't own a home. So I don't know why you, <laughs> I don't know why you're so convinced that you're going to be designing kitchens anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, I do own a home and I don't have a portfolio of looks for my kitchen. If you could renovate your kitchen, what would you do? I have no idea. I would have to look at a portfolio of something. I'd probably have to look at like a portfolio of pictures from kitchens, I would think. 
I do have a great idea for your kitchen. Is it the same as your kitchen? No, we do white shaker cabinets, oh God. dark countertops, and a different color on the bottom. I, don't ask me where I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely original. Came to me in a dream. <laughs> do you, what's your like aesthetic? What's your, what's your go-to aesthetic? See, I tend to go with darker colors, which I'm told makes rooms look smaller. It can, but it really depends on how you do the walls and the backsplash and things like that. Because David's parents have dark cabinets. You've been in their kitchen. And so, it, like, I don't think the their kitchen is huge. I love the size of their kitchen. And I don't think it brings the, I don't think it brings the walls in unless you do the whole room dark. Ah, uh, but my kitchen is not huge. It's pretty spacious, though, because it's connected to your, your uh, like, you have, like, a sitting area in your kitchen. I do. It's technically an Eden kitchen. Yeah, and you just, you have a peninsula that juts out, so it's, it seems very big. It's not closed off. You don't have cabinets over the peninsula. This is true. Why don't we tell them what we're doing this week? <laughs> I want to talk about kitchens. Okay. <laughs> I've been I've been doing nothing but looking at kitchens, and I want to talk about them. Uh, but it's a very special day today. It is. It is, or it's <laughs> it's six months from a special day. What's today? Today will be April thirtieth oh, when this yes. comes out. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, guys. I'm trying. <laughs> I don't listen. I have a lot on my mind. Uh, it is. We are exactly six months from Halloween. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I'm very excited. It, I'm like, oh, I'm please, please, dear God, let this be over by Halloween. Jesus, I'm like, so help me God, if I'm in quarantine in October, we're gonna have a real issue. <laughs> Besides the fact that I won't have anywhere to live since I won't have made money in a year, but. <laughs> uh, Yes, we are six months officially to Halloween. It is uh, a very joyous time for us. We I've been celebrating with uh, Halfway to Halloween on Shudder. Yes, and thank you, Shudder, for that. It is like the most amazing thing. I love everyone at Shudder. I wonder how big the team is. <laughs> I do. I wonder how big the team is over at Shudder because they always have such... They have great choices in movies and... It spans so many genres. Like you get your slashers, you get your paranormal, you get your uh, possessions, you get your ghosts, you get your... This is not a promotion, by the way. Like we're not getting paid to say this. I just feel the need to point out again. (laughs) I wish I could say that we were. I wish I could say we were getting paid to do this. We just genuinely love Shudder. And the thing I love about Shudder is that especially my big worry when we subscribed was that I was like... Some of those like bigger mainstream horror things can get a little bit, um, I don't want to point fingers, but they can be a little bit homophobic. And uh, it's just kind of by virtue of the clientele in some ways. And I'm not saying that all or even most horror fans are homophobic. I would say most are probably not, but there's a very vocal few who kind of don't have any interest in queer horror or anything like that. But Shudder is very good about including, they have an entire queer horror section on the app and they have queer horror documentaries. They have queer horror movies. It's, it's, they have queer horror podcasts. It's really, uh, it's an awesome, awesome, uh, app. And so that said, uh, it, we are celebrating halfway to Halloween <laughs> with Shudder and uh, watching lots of scary movies. Yes, especially I think I, I watched The Exorcist yesterday. Did you? Yes, I did. Do you know which Exorcist I've never seen and David keeps wanting me to watch is the third one? The third one's okay. It's it's not the original. Like To be perfectly honest with you, the only Exorcist I've seen more than once is the first one. Agreed. I saw the second one once, and if I'm being honest, I don't even remember much about it. It kind of just disappeared in <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> yeah, Exorcist 2 is one of those movies that you watch it and then kind of immediately forget everything about it. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, you just start to dissociate the minute the credits start to roll. 
<laughs> I I of course have been sticking to my boy Michael. Uh they have Halloween. They have Halloween four and five. I don't think they have two. Uh they don't have two up right now. They do, however, have almost entire the entire Friday the thirteenth series is up right now on Shutter. I know. <laughs> so I wonder what I mean, it is about the Friday the thirteenth <laughs> franchise that's so easy to get their hands on. I honestly don't know. I think it's just not a lot of people want it, but it's also like it's 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 up in a lot of places right now. But I'm not talking about mm. those because you should watch them on Shutter. <laughs> people are actually going to start paid. to think that we're, we're getting paid <laughs> to promote them. I wish we were. Um, I I do love Friday the Thirteenth, and I'm glad it's in the halfway to Halloween section. I I. I am I recently I've just been leaning a little more towards Michael, but I told you the other day uh on the minisode I have been like I've had like Michael on the brain. He was chasing me in my dreams the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a new one. I don't dream a lot about being chased by stalkers or serial killers. I mean, I'm very thankful to say that I don't dream a lot about it. It has happened. But I mean, it's I'm not sure like I've an every some... night occurrence. You would think with the number of movies I've seen that it would happen more frequently. I'm glad that when it happens, it's usually one of the more slow moving people like Jason <laughs> or, or Michael. I don't think I would enjoy you don't want a like ghost a, face. Like a fast <laughs> zombie dream or something. Yeah. Although speaking of, I have been watching um, a, a zombie series on Netflix called Kingdom. Have you huh. heard of it? I have heard of it. I... I am leery because I am like I am still zombied out from like the early to mid 2000s when every yeah. fucking thing was about zombies. Admittedly, zombies are not my favorite uh, theme for a horror movie. That said, it is well made. It's a Korean uh, TV show. So everything is dubbed over. I tend to watch it dubbed and with subtitles because sometimes the dubbing it's very like the wording makes it a little bit confusing. Like mm -hmm. I understand that they were trying to make it more colloquial with the way they were um, wording things. But sometimes I think things get lost in translation when it comes to the dubbing. So I leave the captions on because the captions are a little bit more literal of what exactly the people are saying in Korean. And it makes it easier to follow, if I'm being honest. But That's fair. I love a subtitle. D dubbing gets, can get hit or miss, but I do love a subtitle. Yeah. I Sometimes it can be frustrating because, uh, like, if I'm watching something while I'm doing something else, like if I'm working on hair or sewing something, it's hard to watch something that requires you to read subtitles. Fair. <laughs> that said... Um, I have been enjoying Kingdom, and I, I do think it's good, if a, a bit predictable. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. Do you know much about the story? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know anything about it, really, other than the fact that it is, in fact, a zombie show. It's basically medieval zombies in Korea. That's a, that's a show. You could definitely it's, make a show out of that. Yeah. And I I like that it was like different. Like we've kind of done zombies in a contemporary setting. Yeah. So it's nice to see zombies in a way that was like, that was totally different from the way other people have done zombies. No one's done medieval zombies as far as I can tell. Uh, except Game of Thrones. So hopefully they're doing it better than Game of well, Thrones. Well, yeah. Uh, Stupid ice zombies. I actually think that the Game of Thrones ice zombies, the the white walkers, yes. are a little bit scarier than the Korean medieval zombies. Hmm. But I think it's just a matter of uh, design. I don't think. I admit I my, my aversion to the white walkers comes mostly from the fact that that was never my favorite part of the plot. And I always felt like it detracted from the part of the plot I wanted to be watching. Yeah, like I, really, I never you cared really just about needed them. the war. Yeah, like like you didn't we could have cut zombies. that entire subplot and I would have been perfectly happy. But whatever. It's over now. It's over and done with. It can't hurt <laughs> but me anymore. It's over now. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin can't hurt me anymore unless he ever releases the last book, which I'm starting to think he never will. So Which fine. is bizarre. Like he's been writing that book for like a decade. 
I mean, books take a long time to write, but this is this is a long time even by Georgie standards. So, I mean, if you said five years, I'd be like, okay, he was, he's really taking his time making sure everything's perfect. But he's a full time writer, <laughs> like <laughs> that's his job. <laughs> I think part of the problem, and not to get. Not to say something I'll regret later, but I'm going to say something that I'll regret <laughs> later, is I think there was about seven years there where he was a professional Comic-Con panelist as opposed mm. to a professional writer. And this is why you should never, ever sign up to have a TV show made while you're still writing the books. Agreed. Because you actually had said something in the past that I had agreed with. Because I stopped watching Game of Thrones around like season four. And then mm -hmm. I came back for the last like four episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and boy, you're like, what did I miss? It's like... Uh... <laughs> Everything. Literally nothing <laughs> is the same. And you had said that it kind of seemed as though there there was a possibility. It's not by any means... Uh, you know, confirmed theory. Yeah. But you had said it seemed like George might have had a couple of ideas for where the story would go. And he wanted to see how fans reacted to the end of the show to see if it was something he should fix in the book. <laughs> the funny thing is, is he came out after season eight was so terrible. And he came out and said, like, he said that, like there were certain things that happened in the TV show that weren't going to happen in the books, mm -hmm. which makes me think that my theory is confirmed, which is he just he got paid millions of dollars by HBO for HBO to test run his ending for him. Basically. And now he knows that everybody hated that ending. <laughs> so, so like, Gotta fix like, it. That's a good gig if you can get it, man. Like, like, like. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to just be like, well, I don't know how this will... It's like the out-of-town tryout that Broadway shows used to have. Yeah. They're like, we'll do a week in New Haven. <laughs> yeah, except it was a billion-dollar HBO show that ran for eight years. How many one seasons year was off. it? Ten? No, it was, uh, it was eight seasons. Eight it seasons. was supposed to be ten, but Benny often what's-his-fucking-face decided that they wanted to go do a Star Wars movie, so they were like, no, nah, we can wrap it up at eight. And we're only going to have five episodes in the last se season. Which and was ridiculous because <laughs> the seasons were already strangely short. They were they were only 10 episodes to start with. And like yeah. you literally cut it in half and they're like, yeah, we're going to make them super long. It's like, OK, but this is you added like another 20 minutes. Like it's not <laughs> that's not super long. And it's like, OK, if we start talking about Game of Thrones, we're never going to get to the end of this. So I'm just going to I I know. But listen, we I have could, plenty of time. We're in no I could rush. fill two weeks worth of episodes with how much I hated the last season of Game of Thrones. But I have no problem talking about some of the aspects of Game of Thrones because it does fall under the horror category in my mind, at least a little bit. It's the only thing the ice zombies are good for. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of fantasy horror. It's making it kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to them. And let me tell you, uh, not to give away any spoilers, we're talking about Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert. Um, if you don't know by now, like if you haven't watched it by now, like I, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, if you haven't watched the last season yet and you're still like in blissful like season seven fan service zone, just stop watching. Yeah, it's not worth the series. The series ends at the end of season seven and just let it go. What I never understood was in season eight, when you finally have like the big battle with the White Walkers, like you have yeah. you finally have this. Which like, lasted all of an episode after seven years of them walking to Winterfell. I know. Seven years. We waited for this battle and it happened in one episode. Yeah. That said, it happened in one episode and you didn't see any of it. <laughs> I, I will say this. There, there are early, I don't actually agree with a lot of the people who are like, oh my God, you couldn't see anything. Like it was a total waste. It's like I could actually tell what was going on. I could not. There were sections of... There were sections of the episode where, yeah, no, it was too dark. You really couldn't tell what the hell was happening. But like, I understand that they were going for an ambiance thing, but it's like there are a re there's a reason that certain cinemat cinematography has become a standard because you have to like as real as you want it to be. You're still presenting something to an audience that doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. So if you make it that dark, it becomes impossible to participate. Yeah, no, it, it like the long night, which is what I believe the the name of that episode was, had a lot of problems. 
like a lot of problems, like the yeah. first one being ending the White Walker subplot in one episode after like years of buildup. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what's his name? The White King or the, the, the Night the Night King? The Night King. Yeah, it's like that could have been three episodes. It could have easily been three episodes, and I think it actually would have made more sense for it to be three episodes. If for no other reason than if you're going to, spoiler alert, have Arya kill the Night King instead of John, mm-hmm. we really <laughs> should at least see John and the Night King fight once or twice before that happens. Yeah. So, like, you, you can't ramp it up that it's going to be John for seven years and then have them never be in the same space, ever. <laughs> like <laughs> He chased him on a dragon for two minutes. Like, like seriously. Like, like, it's <laughs> just... It, Listen, I loved the fact that Arya killed him because Arya is my fucking girl. And nobody screamed louder than me when she did the like fucking ridiculous Michael Jordan at, at, at like half court at the end of Space Jam jump to kill him. Nobody screamed louder than me. But like at the end of the day, as much as I hate Jon Snow, the Night King was Jon's to kill. Yeah, so as far like, as as far as story development. Yeah, but. That said, we're going to talk about something <laughs> completely different. We did not come here to talk about uh, Game of Thrones today, no, we but didn't. I, but you know what? I'm glad we did because I don't I don't like following a template by any means. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that we call the episode one thing and then talk about something completely, completely different. different for the first half of it. Yeah, no, we're good at that. Oh, goodness. So we are doing a little Halfway to Halloween episode uh, this week, kids. And we didn't want to just, we didn't want to review another movie off of the Shudder Halfway to Halloween list. Although you should check it out. You should look at the Shudder Halfway to Halloween list. Uh, I kind of was getting worn out by reviewing movies. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we told spooky stories? So Sam and I have done something a little bit fun today. We're kind of using the mini-sode, micro-sode format. And we are going to read each other some creepypastas, which is how it all ties back into kitchens, by the way. They are pastas. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I slightly misunderstood the assignment and mine are actually off of no sleep. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Or stay awake. I'm sorry. It's not... It's... It's... It's stay awake is the subreddit, not no sleep. Although you know what? No the no there is a podcast called the No Sleep Podcast, which is very good. Which is terrifying to listen to, and it is exactly as advertised. Yeah. There's also a really good um spooky podcast that tends to come out around uh October. It's called Spooked. Have you listened to it? I have not, no. I've heard good things though. The episodes are a bit hit or miss. It's like if you get a good one, you get a really good one. But if you get a bad one, you're like, I just wasted half an hour of my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to know I what people are that. thinking in their cars right now about that statement. I mean, I I listen to Spooked every October and I love it. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're actually putting new episodes out now to um, to allow people to kind of catch up with things during the the pandemic. But um, the one thing I will say is that Spooked is hosted by one of the podcast, you know, uh, brands like the companies. Right. And so you can subscribe and get all the episodes or you can listen to about half of them for free on your chosen listening platform, like like Spotify or Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts or whatever. Um, I would love to subscribe to hear the other ones. I have a really big problem with subscribing to podcasts because I listen to so many of them that it's like, I'd rather donate money every once in a while to a podcast I really like or put up with commercials so that they're making money than be subscribing like eight ninety nine for 14 podcasts. It's like, I'm spending a small fortune on podcasts at that point, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would listen to spooked. I would listen to no sleep today. Sam is going to read some scary stories. I'm going to read some scary stories and we're going to, uh, have some fun. That said, we did not write these stories. So, um, we will share the author's names and where we found them so that you can go find them and give the author credit. Uh, but beyond that, I think it's time to get spooked. Okay. Did you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, 
I'll go first because okay. I have one that's not really a story. Um, I should preface this. So this, my first one that I'm going to read is the one that I think is less scary. Um, it's more of like a haunted possession story that I had actually heard before. So when okay. I stumbled upon the article uh, talking about this, I was like, oh, I know her. Um, and <laughs> I and I, I read the story again. I was like, oh, this would be a good one to share. So this one is a, a, a story that was submitted by an anonymous author to Creepypasta. And it is based on a real thing, and I'll talk about that uh, at the end. But this is a little something called Robert the Doll. Have you heard of this? I think I have heard of Robert the Doll, but you go Robert ahead. the Doll is one of my favorites, and I'll tell you why at the end. Um, okay, so here we go. I'm going to read you a little story called Robert the Doll, and it is, again, by an anonymous author, but you can find it on creepypasta.com, and I'm going to read it. Here we go. In the late 1800s, Thomas Otto and his family moved into a mansion at the corner of Eaton and Simmonton Streets in Key West, Florida, which is the scariest part of the story, by the way. So far, um, yeah. So far. Oh, we're starting in Florida. Excellent. We're already a Florida man. Great. <laughs> now known as the Artist House. The Ottos were known to be stern with their servants, sometimes even mistreating them. It was the treatments of one of such Haitian servants that provided a twist in the story. The woman was hired to take care of their son, Robert. One day, Mrs. Otto supposedly witnessed her practicing black magic in their backyard and fired her. Now, this is a, a she thing She was I doing math. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> she, was, she was like teaching Robert how to use an abacus and they're like, black magic, bah! this is Florida. We don't do that. Um, I couldn't help but notice that there are some racist <laughs> overtones <laughs> in this story. The, the Simply the fact that like, it's like a Haitian servant to a white family and they fired her for doing quote unquote voodoo. And she probably was just like making jambalaya. Yeah, like it's, it's it, it was very, very Salem. Yeah. Quite very, a bit. Very titchable. <laughs> <laughs> um, before she left, the woman gave Robert a lifelike doll, which stood three feet tall, had buttons for eyes, human hair, believed to be Robert's. <laughs> okay. Which, See, now uh, I've read Coraline and this is already taking a, this is already not good. Yeah. This is, we are on the path to darkness right now. <laughs> like the headless horseman is rapidly approaching and was filled with straw. <laughs> Dolls that resembled children were not unheard of during this time, but this one proved to be special. Robert named the doll after himself and often dressed it in his clothes. Robert the doll became his, became his trustworthy companion. He took it with him on shopping trips into town. The doll had a seat at the dinner table where Robert would sneak it bites of food when his parents weren't looking, and Robert would even be tucked into bed with the boy at night. Soon, this innocent relationship took a strange t or took on a strange nature. Well, we are in Florida. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this relationship had already taken a strange nature. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're if you're feeding your doll at the dinner table actual food and the food is going somewhere, we've crossed into fucking Cherokee territory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Soon after Robert chose to be Soon after, sorry, Robert chose to be referred to by his middle name, Jean, after being scolded by his mother. He told her that Robert was the doll's name, not his. Jean was often heard in his toy room having conversations with Robert. Jean would say something in his childish manner, and responses could be heard in a much lower voice. Sometimes Jean would become very agitated, worrying that or worrying the servants and his mother. She would, on occasion, burst in to find her son cowering in a corner while Robert sat perched in a chair or on the bed, glaring at him. This was the only. This was only the beginning. It has buttons for eyes. How did it glare? That was my thing. I was like, "This is <laughs> what, something here is not quite right." Household objects would be found thrown across the room, Jean's toys turned up mutilated, and giggling could be heard. Whenever these unusual acts took place, Jean always said, Robert did it. 
The boy took the punishment, but always insisted that the blame was Robert's. As the mischief grew more and more, servants took their leave as new ones were hired. The Otto's relatives felt it was time to do something. With the recommendation of a great aunt, Jean's parents removed Robert from his care and placed him in a box in the attic. This is where he resided for many years. I love that these words like resided, like he yeah. built a kitchen. Like he was, was receiving like, mail there. Yeah, it was a small studio. He paid his taxes in full and on time. The opposite of every drag queen you've ever met. <laughs> After the death of his father, Jean was willed by, or, or Jean. Oh, I, I was very confused by the wording of this sentence. Oh. After the death, I was like, I was like, this doesn't make sense. After the death of his father, Jean was willed his boyhood home, meaning he received it in his father's will. Uh, he decided to live in the Victorian mansion, which, by the way, is my favorite style of house, and we can talk about that after. Victorian mansion with his new wife. Jean had become an artist and felt the house was spacious and would provide a place for him to paint. He went to the attic and dusted off his childhood toy. He became attached to the doll despite his wife's displeasure. Gee, I wonder why the fuck that was. Jean would take the doll along with them everywhere they went. Okay, now we've officially crossed into creepy motherfucking Florida man territory. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine two grown adults going places with a three-foot doll with buttons for eyes? I mean, I can, but not outside of Florida. <laughs> he even sat in his favorite little chair while Jean and his wife slept nearby. Abso-fucking-lutely not. <laughs> The, the turret room became Robert's domain after Mrs. Otto moved him back to the attic. Their marriage slowly became sour until Mrs. No Otto supposedly... Yeah, shocking. <laughs> until Mrs. Otto supposedly went insane, insane and died of unknown reasons. Jean followed soon behind. I don't know if that's supposed to imply that he killed himself or if he just like suddenly became ill as well. Robert's, Robert supposedly attacked people, sometimes locking them in the attic. People who passed by claiming, people who passed by claimed to, sorry, there are a lot of typos in this story and I'm, I'm basically acting as like a fucking interpreter. People who passed by claimed to hear evil laughter coming from the turret room. For some time, Robert remained in the empty house by himself until a new family purchased the mansion and restored it. The doll was once again moved to the attic. This pleased it as much as the last time. The doll was often found throughout the house. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if he was like slipping them notes like, thanks for the move. Uh, on one certain night, Robert was found at the foot of the owner's bed giggling with a kitchen knife in hand. This what? was enough to, yeah, this was enough to send them fleeing from the home. No this shit. has kind of a uh, an Amityville horror feel to it. Yeah, this has like, kind of oh a... no, the plumbing in this old Victorian house is is all is all not copper. Oh, Robert's at the end of the bed. <laughs> Robert was later moved to the East Martello Museum in Key West, where he sits perched in a glass box. Despite his new living quarters, the doll is believed to not have given up his menacing ways. Visitors and employees claim they have seen the doll move. His smile has been known to turn into a scowl. One employee cleaned Robert, turned off all the lights, and left for the night. The next day, he returned to find lights turned on, Robert sitting in a different position than the night before, and a fresh layer of dust on his shoes. Some say he'll even curse you. If you want to take a picture of him, you must ask politely. He'll tilt his head in permission. However, if he doesn't and you take the picture anyway, a curse will befall a curse will fall upon you and anyone who, who accompanied you to the museum. The same will happen if you make fun of him. To this day, Robert remains at the East Martello Museum well, in fucked. his Yeah, I know. Basically after this, I'm done. To this day, Robert remains at the East Martello Museum in his sailor suit, clutching his stuffed lion, continuing his menacing ways. Wait a minute. The doll has a stuffed animal, and how did was there never any mention of the sailor suit? This just got ten times oh, creepier if I'd known he was wearing a sailor going. suit. <laughs> the, he was a little he was a little man in the Navy, and he was also <laughs> uh, apparently a zoo owner in Oklahoma. <laughs> he had he has he has a little lion doll. Um, he is basically Joe Exotic, three feet tall, <laughs> is what I'm assuming. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So that is the story of Robert the Doll. And I'll tell you why this is one of my favorite stories. I had heard this story uh, somewhere else. I don't remember which podcast I was listening to where they talked about Robert the Doll. But um, 
it's true. There are uh, everyone claims the same thing that there are people who have either taken his picture without permission, or they have made fun of him, or taken like a funny picture with him, um, and they've like fallen into bad luck, like things like getting in like car wrecks and. Uh, basically all kinds of nonsense where uh, they have had like their, their homes were repossessed. They've, you know, been injured or hurt or all kinds of things. So who knows if it's actually because of Robert or because these people are clumsy, but um, <laughs> Robert is the, the cursed doll of Florida. Do you think he writes Annabelle letters? I imagine that they're probably good pen pals, if not romantically involved. <laughs> She's a Raggedy Ann doll. I imagine that that's probably the type of a uh, an old sailor. <laughs> 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 He's been at sea for so long, he'll date anyone. Oh, my goodness. That is the story of Robert the doll. Okay. <laughs> yes, I had actually, I had heard at least part of that. I think I heard it on like one of those paranormal history shows. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I can't remember at this point where I heard about him. But um, I was slightly familiar with Robert the Doll. I had completely forgotten he was in a sailor outfit. And I don't know why that's what I took away from that. Oh, yeah. Although but, there is one thing that I did find um, on another website. Because I did a little bit of further research. Um. But there are some <laughs> discrepancies with the story. Um, basically, through research of the doll and its um, uh, production, one researcher was able to say that this was probably made by a um, uh, a company in, I believe, Austria. So it was like an Austrian-produced doll. I doubt it was as like makeshift DIY as they right. make him sound in the story. Um, and I sincerely doubt that it had Robert's hair, Jean's hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that said, it's still a fun little story about a haunted doll, which is one of my favorite things. And speaking <laughs> of, I believe Trilogy of Terror is on Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then it's my turn then. I'm ready. Okay. Um, again, I misunderstood the assignment. So both of mine from Stay Awake are actually their real stories. They're stories of, they're like personal stories of hauntings. I love that. So no fiction here. This one was submitted by a user named Operative Searcher. And it's just called My Childhood Home is Haunted. Okay. <clears throat> the first time it happened wasn't much, but I was playing in my living room where the stairs to the basement are. My parents were. This sounds a lot like losing your virginity. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> the first time it happened wasn't much, but I was playing in the in the stairway by my living room. Like, yeah, that, everybody did that. Shut up, kid. <laughs> we're going in hard on this one. Great. Don't say it. But ump up. Shit! I'm not going to get through this. Okay. We'll do our best. <clears throat> My parents were in their room down the hall as I played. I noticed something move in the corner of my eye. I looked and saw a figure that seemed like it was there, but it was like a shadow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to read that again. I looked and, <laughs> I looked and saw a figure that, seem that was seemed like it was. Jesus Christ. I looked and saw... <laughs> this I'm is so like one sorry. of those theater warm-up games. I'm sorry. <laughs> I looked and saw a figure that seemed like it was there, but it was like a shadow. That is that is how I'm going to say that sentence goes. Okay. It walked down the stairs like and kept going down. I was scared as I was five at the time, so I got my dad who investigated and found nothing. The second time was scary. I was drawing a character that I had come up with. and heard Because the first one wasn't, clearly. Yeah, apparently not. I had come up with and heard something f fall in my room. I got up and walked to my room to find that nothing had changed. I thought I just couldn't find it and shrugged it off as some Legos shifting. I walked back out <laughs> and saw right in front of me a shadow figure, short and akin to a child, run past. Akin? You're using akin? Okay, never mind. Akin to a child, run past. It was still, sh still shadow-like, but scared me to the bone. The third time was sleep paralysis. <laughs> 
How many times are there? Jesus. I saw a tall, dark figure standing over my bed, looking down at me as if it was looking for something. It was hazy, but I remember it moving around my left. Not my right. Okay. (laughs) Its head twisted and met my eyes with its blank, dark, shadowy face. I was horrified, but I couldn't move or do anything. Sleep paralysis, yes. Then Mm -hmm. it simply faded away in the morning, and I assumed it was a dream and didn't think much of it. Didn't think much of it. You're writing it down like 20 years later. (laughs) It was the first and only. They always say that. And it's because these are phrases that they hear people say in like scary stories. And they're like, I didn't think much of it. It's like, bitch, you thought about it all fucking day. I'm trying not to like critique writing on this. That's not fair. Oh, I'm critiquing. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to be like fucking Mark Twain. This Here we go. Realize. Okay. It was the first and only time I ever had sleep paralysis. <clears throat> the fourth time was when I first made friends with my neighbors. I'll call them John and Carl for the point of hiding their identity. John was the <laughs> second neighbor and Carl because was the they're first. secret agents. <laughs> and Carl was the first. Each of them lived in the same house. So they're, they came at the same time. How was one the first and one was... He made friends with Carl first? I don't... I don't. Okay, it doesn't matter. Why did you pick this story? I, <laughs> <laughs> they don't, I don't know what any of this is. I'm having fun. Let's, let's just let it... It's, I'm so sorry to everyone listening. It's fine. <laughs> Carl and I started to be good friends for a time. I learned through him that my house used to be on the land of the first owner of their house. So they... The, the property used to be the same, is what we were getting there. Okay, so now they are neighboring yeah. houses, but they used yes. to be on the same lot. Okay. Yes. Then he gave the land to his daughter after she got married. I don't know what happened to the first owners of the houses. I assume they died in the houses or they died in a hospital. Fair assumption. <laughs> My friend Carl, they could also still not be- on the highway. <laughs> they could also still be alive. Like, that's also an option. Like, they don't have to be dead. I assumed they died in space. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Tim. My friend Carl- Back to your jello. <laughs> My friend Carl- <laughs> Jesus Christ. My friend Carl told me, though, that he, had- that he sees things in his house and it scared him to sleep upstairs in his house as he feels watched. Suddenly, one day, Carl moved out without a word. Then John moved in. That's why it's first and then second. Okay, that makes more sense now. Oh, I see what he so, did there. So they, they lived in the <clears throat> same house, but at different times. Okay. That, they that lived in the same sense. house at separate times. Yes. Okay. I thought they were like roommates. And I was like, so wait, Carl just moved out and left his friend. And Apparently. Di- and <laughs> didn't tell his neighbors as one is wont to do when they move out of their home. I, mean, I usually I go door to door to tell people, just so you know. <laughs> I hand out flyers. I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, just so they know when they can throw the party. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> then John moved in. His neighbors introduced the neighbors introduced themselves when I happened to be playing outside. John was the one I got along with the best. He never was a big believer in the supernatural until he moved in there. He said he started to he said he started to say. Hold on. <laughs> he, he said that his little brother in his room started to see things which he didn't like. He specifically saw something in the closet. After a few years, they swapped rooms and John never noticed anything strange. His little brother, however, still said that someone was in that room. One day, the neighbors invited me and my family to a barbecue outside with a fire. It was early October, so we were ready for scares and we played several games like Infected Tag. That is what What? that says. I don't know. That's a weird thing that I've never heard of. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Infected tag. Tag, you have syphilis. Yeah, apparently. That's basically what all adults play in New York City. (laughs) We played several games like infected tag and other things akin. He's using akin again. It's fine. Lots of akins in this this family. I remember at one point a kid ran over crying saying that there is something weird by the playset. I figured it was nothing and walked to the playset where there were some swings and whatnot. I looked at and a, whatnot <laughs> and whatnot. Yes, swings and javelins. Yes, <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> An axe murderer and whatnot. <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> I looked at a. <laughs> I just renamed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at a swinging swing and assumed that the kid had hopped off of it. Until that is, it stopped swinging and, with no wind at all, started to swing again. I saw in the bushes a figure standing between them looking at me, but I decided not to say anything about it just to calm down the situation. You decided to just not say anything to. Okay, fine. 
<laughs> Let's not go back in the house. Let's just pretend it's not happening. I said to the kid, well, there is nothing back there now. And he calmed down, assuming I scared it off. I put on my brave face and walked back over with all the kids again to attempt the, to entertain them. After a certain amount of time, my dad told me that he also saw the swing do the same thing when he was over there earlier. He has no clue what happened and believes that our two properties are haunted by something. The worst of it, however, is that everyone next door claims to hear someone always saying their name. It's a man's voice that they've never heard before. They remain there to this day, and I still live in the same home as I haven't gotten my living situation figured out yet. I wasn't forced to... I won't force you to believe what happened to me over my life is true, but I believe it. Some of these things still go on to this day with no explanation ever given to my family or my neighbors. I guess the shadow person has not explained themselves to this point. Yeah, no explanation. And also kind of strange that the two houses are being compared so closely when it really hasn't been explained exactly what the relationship is. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a little odd. I'll yeah, I've, I'm going to call this one questionable. That's that's fair. I I mean, I also don't want to take too many points. Like this is the thing. I'll I'll believe anybody who says that this has happened to them. I believe his experience like, is true. I'm just having trouble making sense of the story. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't want to I don't want to say take take away points for clarity on that one. Yeah, because I'm not really sure. He does I believe if I'm not mistaken, he does believe or he does mention in the beginning that uh the two houses were somehow conjoined. Um they were built on the same land originally and I guess then it got handed down and Is it up. an Indian burial ground? <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe. You never know. Oh goodness. Well, it's definitely creepy. It's got some creepy moments. Um yeah. the swing moving Definitely would have uh, been a bit much I mean, for me. I definitely feel you on the sleep paralysis. The sleep paralysis totally sucks. I've only had it once. I know you've had it a few times, but I've yeah. only had it one time. No, sleep paralysis blows. <clears throat> it's basically dreaming awake, right? Yeah, except sometimes you see shit and sometimes you don't. Like it's It's essentially your mind wakes up, but your body doesn't. So like your body is still acting like you're asleep and your mind is not. Then why do you have uh why do you have hallucinations if your mind is awake? I don't know. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't I don't know that much about sort of the science of it. There is a really good documentary about sleep paralysis called I have Nightmare. I've seen it and I am never going to watch that again because if there is no, a nor will thing, I. If you want to see something that is going to freak you the fuck out. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's horrifying. And the worst part is that like the basically the whole point of the um the documentary is that many people don't experience sleep paralysis until the idea has been introduced to them. And so, so it's like great. It's like so, watching the ring. I was like, just about to say I was like so basically you're Naomi Watts. <laughs> you just yeah. made this documentary to give everyone sleep paralysis. There's some producer <laughs> somewhere just going tee. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, sleep paralysis is definitely fucked up. I told you the one time I had it, uh, dad came out of my closet. <laughs> it was <Sorry>. very strange. <laughs> uh, take what you will from that, uh, dad coming out of the closet, but I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> it is funny. No, it's definitely funny. I like that. Who wrote it? Um, the username was Operative Searcher. Oh my. Yeah. Sounds very official. Maybe they were secret agents. Maybe. <laughs> Names and places have been changed to protect the innocent. Apparently. All right. I'm going to jump into my final story. We're each doing two, for those of you who uh, didn't know, which is everyone listening. Um, this is actually a uh, a no sleep story from the, the Reddit no sleep thread. And... Um, I've actually talked about this one on the podcast before, so I thought it would be fun to read it, read the actual story, because it's one that I actually really like. Are okay. you ready? I am ready. Okay. A girl named Laura was traveling back to her apartment from work late at night in New York City. She was a little nervous about taking the subway so late at night, but she figured that there would be probably not, or there would 
probably not be many people riding it, so she decided to forego a cab and take the subway anyway. When she got on the subway, she was surprised to see that there were, in fact, three people already sitting there, two large suited men in dark sunglasses and a little girl in between them. Laura was surprised to see such a young girl on the subway at this time of night, but based on how she was dressed in her designer sunglasses, Laura figured the suited men were escorts or bodyguards for the daughter of someone wealthy. Laura took her seat across from the trio. If anybody else gave her trouble, she was sure the strong men would help her out. At the next stop, a man in his late 20s or early 30s got onto the subway at the other end of the car from Laura. He was clearly very, very tired and quite unkempt. His shirt was wrinkled and definitely not clean, and he had what looked like a few days' worth of stubble. The man was exactly the type of individual Laura hoped to avoid on her ride home, but the bedraggled figure was certainly no match for the, man, for the men who sat across from her. As the subway moved on, though, Laura noticed something very odd. The man at the other end of the car would glance up, look slowly at Laura, then at the men, then at the girl, and back to Laura. He did this several times before the next stop, at which point he got up and moved a few seats closer to Laura. The men and the little girl... Oh, I'm sorry. It got <laughs> At which point he got up and moved a few seats closer to Laura, the men, and the little girl. Understandably nervous at this point, Laura was still confident the suited men could fight off the creep. However, the men didn't move, even as the homeless-looking man repeated the process of looking at the other passengers before moving a few seats down. After several stops, he was seated almost right next to Laura, and yet she was the only one who seemed to be bothered. The suited men and the girl stayed put. Laura's heart pounded as she counted two more stops until her apartment. How much closer would the suited men allow the threat to go? With dread, Laura realized the subway was slowing as it approached the next station. The instant the doors opened, the sketchy man grabbed her around the waist and carried Laura, screaming out of the subway. The man ran with Laura over his shoulder as fast as he could, visions of being robbed, raped, or murdered flashing through her mind. Eventually, the man sat her down. He was panting. He quickly gasped out, Ma'am, I need you to calm down. My name is John. I'm a student at Columbia Medical School. I work with cadavers all day, and I guarantee that that little girl was not alive. <laughs> I had actually heard that one before. It's one of my favorites. I told you about it on the podcast before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that story. I think it's so creepy. It's so spooky it's, the it's, way they It's very, uh, there's somebody in the backseat. Yeah, it's, it's, we're hearkening back to urban legend, but that story, I like it because it is well written and um, it has a nice little twist at the end. So uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. That was, post, that was posted by uh, Ivy Sore on on uh, <laughs> two, two Reddit's thumbs No up Sleep Thread. Two, two thumbs, thumbs up, up Ivy Sore. You did it. <laughs> So I have one more story to read. It's from a user called Hagen Dawes, which, you know, always fills me with confidence. <laughs> God, I hope yours is better than mine. I've actually read this one and it's pretty good. So it's <laughs> so it's titled, I worked as a camera op on a ghost hunting TV show. This is what happened to me. In 2016, I was sent to Virginia City, Nevada to help shoot a sizzle for a ghost hunting show that was going to be pitched to Destination America. For those who don't know, a sizzle is a shortened version of a TV show with a much smaller budget to basically test the waters with the show's ideas concept. Its purpose is to pitch the show idea to a network who would then buy the show if they liked it and produce more episodes to be aired on their channel. The crews are much smaller and the shoot schedules are, are rushed. On this particular shoot, we were to shoot in as many haunted locations in Virginia City as possible with the within the span of a four-day weekend. With such a small crew, we had to hit the ground running. I actually have to apologize because this person writes in, in cogent sentences, so if there's a fuck up, it's actually me <laughs> and not them. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, the hotel we were boarding in was called the Silverland Inn and Suites. It was right at the start of the main drag in the town. As a camera operator and de facto first assistant camera to the director of photography, I had to lug all the gear around. We were shooting the sizzle on a Red Weapon X with a fully stocked Zeiss Prime lens kit. This sounds like the beginning of a Christmas story. The director, of, <laughs> the director of photography, or DP, decided to bring every single light he had in his possession. We're talking two RE spotlight kits, like 1K, two 4x4 Kinos, and a spotlight that could make nighttime look like day. It was a little much for a show that wasn't ever going to make it to air. Ouch. 
(laughs) (laughs) This guy has some opinions. It's fine. I was in charge of getting all this equipment to and from my room first thing in the morning every day and last thing in the night every night. That's why I was frustrated to see that the clerk had roomed the DP and I all the way at the end of the inn. The Silverland Inn was only two stories high, but it was about a football field in length, and I had to drag hundreds of pounds of equipment to this distance every day. After one day of this, I had had enough. I asked the clerk if there was any open rooms closer to the entrance. He was nice enough to oblige. He set up the DP and I in two rooms right next to each other. He handed me the key cards, apologized, and said, We don't usually room people in the first couple of rooms. Weird things happen in them. I brushed it off. Excuse me. One second. (laughs) Was that too much for you? My throat was sore from Jeff the Killer. It's fine. I know. I I really am so disappointed. It's okay. Weird things happen in those rooms. I brushed it off. After a whole day of shooting in abandoned mines, cemeteries, and saloons, we hadn't captured a shred of paranormal activity. Our final location was the Washoe Club Museum. This place used to be a brothel, and it was said to be the most haunted location in Virginia City. Again, we didn't capture any ghosts or, ghosts or demons. The executive producer of the show, after we snapped wrapped production, phew, the executive producer of the show, after we wrapped production, because again, this person writes in coaching sentences, I just can't read them. <laughs> <laughs> Organized a seance to attempt to connect with any potential spirits. It was optional, so the DP and myself gladly declined. We both caught a cab back to the Silverland Inn and called it a night. That (laughs) night, I had the worst, most vivid nightmares I have ever had in my entire life. I can still remember it to this day. It was my whole family dying, in horrible ways. First my father, then my mother, then my two brothers, one after the other. A voice laughed at me, saying how I'll never see them again. It was truly horrific, but the worst part was how real it was. It seemed so real to me that I startled awake. I looked over to the nightstand, and the clock read 3.13 a.m., and then I heard a giggling. It was laughter from a child. And I'm out already. Like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> For some this reason, lovely. children laughing. Like, this is always where I'm out. Even when you can see them. I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> well, it gets better. <laughs> I glanced over to where the entrance of the room was, and a little girl's face began to slowly appear from where the entrance to the bathroom was. Before her face was fully in view, I turned my head away, refusing to look directly at her. I looked straight ahead, but I could still see her pale outline staring at me from the corner of the room. The reason I made myself not look at her face was because I was legitimately concerned I would become traumatized by seeing her in full form. Her face slowly receded out of my peripherals, but I still refused to look at that side of the room. I stared out the window until the sun came up the next day. We had a busy day scheduled again, and I sat down with the crew for breakfast. I was as pale as the ghost I'd seen the night before. I had circles under my eyes, and I was so exhausted my ears were ringing. I barely ate. Then next to me, the DP took a seat. He looked just like me. He was pale and disheveled. A minute or so into the meal, he spoke up. Hey, did anyone have anything weird happen to them last night? What happened to you? (laughs) I asked... Well, in the middle of the night, I woke up to a little boy jumping across my bed, he said. I immediately told him what happened to me. It turns out the first couple of rooms of this hotel are built on the foundation of a house that burned down, killing the whole family that lived in it. When I told the clerk about my experience, he said that's what he was trying to warn us about. I asked if we could switch back to our old rooms, but he couldn't accommodate us as those rooms were now filled. We had one more night before the production wrapped for the weekend, so that night the DP and I found a bar that served absinthe. We both got so drunk that no ghost had a chance of waking us up that night. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted. And that is that. that. I love that. Right? That one was good. That one was creepy. I like that. Yeah, I like little little ghost girls coming out of the bathroom. That's always <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to get you into the April Ween spirit. April Ween. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I like that phrase. It sounds a little gross. Hello, April. I don't, I don't know. Hello, I like Hello, April. Okay, that that works too. I'll go with Hello April. I'm nixing uh, April. April Ween. Ween. Okay, that's fine. April Ween sounds more like uh, like a sex party. <laughs> <laughs> it's April Ween. Um, I'm gonna call this a success. I think we should read scary stories more often. I think we should too. I, I think um, if nothing else, there's certainly enough of them on Reddit. And of course, you guys can always send in yours too. 
Yes, please send us your scary stories because we like reading them on the minisodes. Um, and I think that that I think that that's about it for Halloween April. What was it? Ha- Halloween April. Halloween April or or April Ween. Halloween April Ween. <laughs> I thought you didn't like April. I'm I'm having a stroke. I'm just, (laughs) I'm like, call an ambulance. Call the bondulance. Um, Yes, I'm going to say happy Halloween April. We are halfway to Halloween. Let us know what movies you're watching in quarantine to celebrate April (laughs) Ween. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. This town has told stories about me. Horrible stories. But they don't realize. I have scary stories of my own. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, distributed by Lionsgate Films 2019. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.